Okay, let's, uh, you may be seated. Let's open to Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to talk to you today. I believe this is what the, the Lord wants me to talk about today. is the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Of course, when you think of the body of Christ, you think of Jesus' body. But actually, the, and that's certainly true. But who is the body of Christ? Who is the body of Christ? Now notice in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. I'm going to pick up midway through that verse. Ephesians 1, 22. And gave him to be head. Gave him to be head. Him would be Jesus. And gave him, gave Jesus to be head. Over all things to the church. To the, to the, to the who? To the church. Which is his body. So you need to realize that. You see, the body of Christ is the church. And Jesus is the head. He's in charge. He's running things. But he has a body. And according to scripture, his body is the church. Now you understand that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, don't you? And you understand that he has, a, he has a body, does he not? Certainly. But symbolically here, the Bible talks about the fact that he has a body, which is the church. He is the head. He, that means that he's in charge. He's the head. And we are his body, the church. You see, those who have repented of their sins place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, have been washed in the blood of Jesus, that's how you become a Christian. That's how you become a member of the body of Christ. You need to realize that. So if you're born again here this morning, if you're a Christian, realize, say, I am the body of Christ. Say it again. I am the body of Christ. So you need to realize that, that you are a member of the body of Christ. Now notice, if you would, Romans the 12th chapter and the 4th verse. Notice Romans the 12th chapter and the 4th verse. It says, for as we have many members in one body. So when you think about the body of Christ, you can think of your own body and it will help you. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Now that's true, isn't it? Doesn't your hand do something different than your foot? Doesn't your eye do something different than your ear? Certainly it does. So all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. I mean, even though your hand does something different than your foot, your hand and your foot are part of the same body. Is that right? So one body, many members, each member has its own function. Okay? All the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ 
and individually members of one another. So we need to realize that we as Christians are each individual members of the body of Christ. And, and that's certainly true, but also it says right here, individually members of one another. Uh, would you agree that, that my hand has interest in what my foot is doing? Huh? And my foot has interest in what my hand is doing, right? And my eye has interest in what my ear is doing, right? You, you understand? There's, there's many, there's one body, mem- many members, each member has a different function. And, and as the Bible says it here, as members of the body of Christ, we're all individuals, but we're joined to one another. The Bible talks about us in another scripture being knit together. Did you know when something's knit together, it, it, it just, it's, it's almost impossible to, 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 to tear it? Did you realize that? We need to realize that we're members of the body of Christ. We're individuals, but yet we're linked to one another. You need to realize that. Okay? Now, having said that, let's go to what is perhaps the best passage of Scripture on the, the, the subject of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Let's turn there. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we'll start reading in the 12th verse. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and the 12th verse. Notice, for as the body is one and has many members. Well, we just read that, right? The Bible lines up with itself, doesn't it? We read that in Romans, and here Corinthians saying the same thing. Paul said the same thing in Romans as he's saying here. How many of you know that it's the Holy Ghost saying it through Paul, you see? For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body. That's what happens when a sinner gets saved. When they repent of their sins, place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit goes into operation and he, he baptizes that sinner. Now, this is not talking about water baptism. This is talking about being baptized into the body of Christ. The word baptized means to be placed into. See, when you, a lot of times people think there's just one baptism. They think there's just water baptism. The Bible talks about three baptisms. The baptism into the body of Christ, which is mentioned here when the Holy Spirit places you into the body of Christ, that's the most important of the three baptisms. That's the one that saves you, you see, where you miss hell and make heaven. Did, did, did you get that? Did you hear me? Then, then there is a water baptism. How many of you know water baptism doesn't save you? It, it just doesn't. Water doesn't wash away sins. The blood of Jesus washes away sins. But water baptism is important. It's an outward showing of an inward happening, you see. And, and so, uh, uh, but water baptism is for Christians who have already been saved. It's important to be baptized, but just don't trust in the, the waters of baptism to save you. Then there's what the, what the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you see. That's for Christians whereby you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And an evidence of that is speaking with other tongues. How many of you know that hasn't passed away? And how many of you know I'm not ashamed of that? Amen. Now, 
But the most important of the three baptisms is this one here. When a sinner repents of their sins, places their faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit baptizes or places them into the body of Christ, they become a child of God. They become a saint. They become a Christian. They become a member of the body of Christ. They become a member of the church. You see, it's a bunch of ways of saying the same thing, you see. Do you understand? The reason I, I, I go over that is because a lot of times we assume that people know what we're talking about when we say born again. What does it mean to be born again? It means the same thing as it means to become a Christian. It means the same thing as what it means to be saved. It's all same different ways of saying the same thing, you see. I think we make a mistake sometimes when we think people know what we're talking about. We need to explain ourselves once in a while. Amen? So by one spirit, we're all what? Baptized, verse 13, into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but what? But many. Okay? Individual members, you see. But yet we're one, yet we're individual. Now notice in verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, let me ask you this. Is my hand and my foot part of the same body? Yes. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Is my ear and eye part of the same body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as who pleased? As He pleased. So you need to, re you need to remember this and don't ever forget it. You're, if, if you're a Christian, if you're born again, you're a member of the body of Christ. And, and God has set you in the body as He has pleased. And what you need to do, the same thing that I need to do, the same thing that all of us need to do, is discover what part of the body we are. We don't decide what part of the body we are. We discover what part of the body we are through seeking God. Did you hear what I just said? There's too many people, that, that, that Christians now, that they decide they want to be an eye. Or they decide they want to be a mouth. Or they decide they want to be a hand. But no, and it never works out because they decided. We don't decide what we want to be. We discover what we want to be. By seeking God. Amen. Let me say that again. We don't decide what we want to be. We discover what we are. Did you get what I just said? I didn't say that right the first time. I want to get it out just right. We don't decide what, what, we, what we are. We discover what we are. Are you getting what I'm saying? We don't decide what part of the body we are. We discover through seeking God. I've seen a lot of people over the years. They wanted to be a mouth. And they wanted to sing, and they wanted to sing on the, on the worship team. And I'm thinking this church, I'm thinking other churches. And they just couldn't sing. You know, there's nothing quite as bad as a person that thinks they can sing, but they can't. You, you know? Now, one thing I've got going for me, I know that I don't sing very well. You need to be real glad that I realize that. I remember one pastor... He uh, couldn't sing. Actually, he didn't sing any better than me. And he thought the Lord told him, because he always wanted to sing, and he thought the Lord told him that he was supposed to lead the worship. And it was just a mess. I said it was just a mess. 
he, he, he had no, 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 no calling to lead worship, no, no anointing to lead worship, no natural talent to lead worship. And it was sad. How many has ever heard somebody sing and they thought they were real good, but they weren't? Did you have the heart to tell them? How many told them they sang bad? Okay. When I start singing, the dogs start barking, you know. Rawr, 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 rawr. But I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't sing very well. I can sing, but I, I, I don't do very well. I remember when I was in Sunday school, when I was, was a kid at Vandover Baptist, right up the road here, when I was a kid, and, and it was, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The girls sang that, and then the boys came in, praise ye the Lord. And so, so I was standing behind this one girl. And we're probably all in about maybe maybe about the fourth or third or fourth, probably third or fourth grade. And I thought I could sing back in that hour. And uh, so I was waiting for the praise you the Lord part. So the nice little girls, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I go, praise ye the Lord. And this, this girl, she turned around and uh, she gave me the dirtiest look. And I thought, what are you looking at? Don't you know I sing beautiful? And I began to get to revelation from that day on that I... Uh, and I wondered why I could never make special chorus in junior high. I, they always put me in the choir up on the back in the corner, you know. Hid me behind somebody else. I'm just not a singer. That's not my gifting. That's not my calling. You understand that? And there's nothing I can do. I mean, I, 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 can, I can take lessons. I might be able to improve just a little bit. But, you know, I had to realize that I had to discover that that's not my, that's, that's not the part of the body that I am. Now, I'm fairly decent at teaching the Word of God, and, and that's where it seems that my uh, calling and my anointing is. So then you get in that, you just flow with that, you see. You, you follow what I'm saying? And, and, and that's what we have to do as members of the body of Christ is we need to get before the Lord and just discover what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Do you understand? Did you get what I just said? And there's a lot of people who want to be a mouth and they just, they, they, they just, that's not their calling. That's not their anointing. That's not where they're gifted in, you see. And, uh, 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 well, let's read on here and I think, and then I'll say some more. Now notice, who set the members in the body? Who, who did it? God, as who pleased, as he pleased. Okay, so now notice verse 19, and if they... Verse 19, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? Couldn't you imagine if everybody was an eye, what that would look like? It would look like something off Star Trek, wouldn't it? You know, just kind of crazy looking, right? Is that right? Just an eye. Or if the whole body were an ear, wouldn't that look funny? Or a foot? It would be funny, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be right. But verse 20, but now indeed there are many members yet one body. Now notice verse 21, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Well, that's good, isn't it? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Now my eye needs my hand because my eye can see that Bible, but that's all my eye can do. Can my eye pick it up? Huh? Can my eye pick it up? Huh? No. What picks it up? Hand picks it up. Is that right? Now, is that right? Now, let's say the Bible's over there. Now, my eye sees it. My hand can pick it up. 
But what do I need to get over there to it? Now, what if I don't have, my, what if my feet, what if, am I, is my hand and my eye going to say, I don't need you feet? No, because without my feet, I can't walk over here. And, and let's just say I don't have eyes. Now, as I know it's there, I got my hands and my feet, but now here I go. You know? Come on now, pin the tail on the donkey. Am I getting hot? Huh? Hot? Cold? Come on now, help me. I w- ah, there we go. There you go. You didn't know you were going to do that this morning. Glad no visitors walked out on that. What's the point here? The point is that I need my whole body, don't I? I need my eyes. I need my, I need my feet. I need my hands. And so my eye isn't going to say to my hand, I don't need you. My hand isn't going to say to my feet, I don't need you. I need all of them working, working how? Working together. Now notice here, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now there's great revelation in verse 21 here. And sometimes we just read right over it. The head, the head will not say to the feet or cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Who is the head? Jesus. Did you know, and and, and a lot of times religious people get mad at this next statement because they just don't understand. God bless them. But listen carefully. Jesus will not get anything done in the earth apart from his body. Did you hear? Did you hear me? Well, if Jesus wants them to get saved, they'll get saved. Now, he can't do it without his feet because the Bible says how, how beautiful are the feet of those who spread the good news. Is that right? Which is the gospel. Jesus needs his feet, doesn't he? Now, now did you get what I just said? Well, if Jesus wants something done, he'll get it done. Not apart from his body. Think about this. Jesus said, in my name, the believer will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Does Jesus need his hands? See, we are his hands, we are his feet, and so on and so forth. Are you getting the point I'm trying to make here that the, that the Bible's trying to make? Jesus needs his body, doesn't he? See, there's too many people think, well, if the Lord wants it done, it'll just get done. Now, it won't get done apart from the body. That's why it's important that we pray. It, it's clear to me from studying Scripture the way God set the, the authority structure of this planet up that the Lord won't do anything in the earth except that we give Him the avenue to do it through prayer. Because I had a Dickens of a time wondering, well, why pray? Why pray? God, if He wants something done, He'll get it done automatically. No, because of the way He set the thing up, He gave the authority to Adam, Adam gave it over to the devil, Jesus came and got it back, then gave it back to the church, which is the body. Is that right? So you see that the Lord won't, He's not going to move in the earth apart from us giving Him the avenue to do it through prayer. You see what I'm saying? So He needs His body, doesn't He? So the head isn't going to say to the feet, I have no need of you. Now look at verse 22. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. 
and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow, bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have, have no need, but God composed the body, having give greater, given greater honor to that part, part which lacks it. Now, the way I would put that is this. You can see my eyes, can't you? You can see my nose, you can see my chin, you can see my hands, you can see my feet. But you can't see my heart, can you? How many of you know I need my heart? But you can't see it. But without my heart, I can't live. Is is that right? How many uh, uh, of you realize how important your pancreas is? Now you can't see, can you see my pancreas? How many of you wouldn't want to see my pancreas? (laughs) But I'm real glad I have it because without it, I can't live. Do you understand that? And so, you know, what I've noticed over the many, many years of pastoring, and, and before I was a pastor, I noticed this, is that it seems like there's so many Christians that they want to be seen. They want to be uh where people can see them. They'll serve in areas of the church where they can be seen. They, they want to be seen. They want to be seen. And yet they don't realize that it's, it's, it's the, according to the word of God, God puts the greater honor on the parts of the body that are not seen. It's like a televangelist, you know. People tend to think that, the, that, that God puts great, great honor on the, on the person in front of the camera you know preaching into the camera but just think about it the way i read the bible god puts more honor on the camera man than he does on the on the because without the camera man how many of you know the preacher isn't going to be able to be seen is that right so i learned a long time ago that it's like when i when i was a school teacher whenever i taught school I was always nice to the principal and the superintendent and all the, all the big shots, certainly. <laughs> you want to be nice to them. But I was always nicer to the, to the janitors than I was to the superintendent. Now, if you want to get God's attention, that's how you operate. Did you hear what I just said? You be nicer to the, to the janitors and the people that are cleaning the bathrooms. You treat them with respect and honor and you'll get God's attention. Anybody can treat the the big shots nice and smile at them and be nice to them. But you get God's attention when you start treating the janitors with respect and calling them sir and ma'am. Did you hear what I just said? You know? It's like like here at at the church, you see. I I mean, the door greeter out there, what great, great, great honor God places on that. How about the, uh, the, the, the ushers? God places great honor on that. How about the children's workers and the youth? How, how, you understand what I'm saying? People that you don't see necessarily, your children see them, but, but you don't see them. But yet, they're, I, I've said this for years, there's, God puts greater honor on, on what the people behind the scenes, He puts greater honor on that than He does on, on, on the worship team and on me who you do see. Did you get what I just said? And one thing we've done around here is we've always done our very best to treat everybody equal. I don't like cliques. And God doesn't either. We treat everybody with respect equally. Can, can you say amen? Isn't that how it should be? 
Now notice here, verse 25, that there should be no schism. That means division. That there should be no division in the body. How many of you know there should be no division in the body? But that the members should have the same care for one another. Oh, we ought to just memorize that, that verse, shouldn't we? And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Well, we ought to remember that one too, shouldn't we? I remember when I lived at the other house I lived in, uh, the doorbell rang one time and I came running out of my bedroom. I came around and I had this long, fairly steep staircase to go down and I got about, I had four steps left and somehow I slipped and my little toe got caught on the banister and, and, and I went down but my little toe stayed behind more or less and just snapped that baby back. Now how many of you, you know that's my little toe? It's just my little toe. You can't see it. It's, it seems insignificant. But you know my eyes, my ears, my nose, both nostrils, everything in me was aware of that little toe. Is that right? Because it's important. And, and my whole body knew it was hurting. Right? And actually, as I understand it, you need your toes for proper balance. So you see, when that little toe, it seemed insignificant, but when that little toe was suffering, I was the whole body was suffering right along with it and suffered for a few days, you know. And if one member is honored, if one member is honored, all the members get jealous. Is that what the Bible says? And if one member is honored, all the other members get jealous and mad and upset. You know, I've, I've seen churches where where the pastor couldn't even show honor where honor was due because if, he, if he'd come over here and say, you know, you're doing a real good job with those announcements. You're just doing a real fine job. Somebody else would get mad because, well, he didn't tell me I was doing a fine job singing. Huh? You see, when I honor him, what should we all be doing? Rejoicing with him. Is that right? Now, is that correct? Well, Pastor Terry doesn't ever, he never come over and told me that. Well, you don't need me to come over and tell you that. If you're doing it right before the Lord, your your praise should you your your when when he, you know his you should get more excited about the Lord patting you on the back than me. That doesn't mean I can't or shouldn't come over, but I mean if I if I don't come over and you know, don't be all bent out of shape. Can you say amen? Are you doing what you're doing to please the Lord? Are you pleasing Him? But when I honor somebody, I've already had it happen in this church where we've honored somebody and, uh, and, and, and other people got mad. I guess the one, the one thing that I remember is when we were meeting up at the school, we had a family that came. The man was 90, his, his, his wife was 89, and the daughter was about 50, 52. And so the man turned 90. And we bought him a, a cake because he turned 90. And then the next year his wife turned 90, so we bought her a cake and blessed her. Turning 90, that's a good deal, isn't it? And then when the daughter, who was, she was a single lady, but when she turned 53, she got mad because we didn't buy her a cake. And, and I told her, I said, well, when you turn 90, we'll buy you one too. <laughs> 
Don't you, I mean, shouldn't she have been rejoicing that we honored her parents with a cake? So you see, when one member suffers, all members should suffer with it. When one member is honored, all the members should what? Rejoice with it. Right? Now, is that right? That's body mentality. I want Summit Church to, to have body mentality. You know what I mean by that? That we're for one another. And, and, and when somebody hurts, we're going to hurt right with them. And when somebody's blessed and uplifted, we're going to rejoice with them. You see, that's what we need to be about, you see. If the Baptists up the street, because see, they preach the Jesus of the Bible. I can't honor ministries that are cults. Say amen. But the Baptists, pre- they preach that, I'm, you see, I'm, I'm Baptocostal, I'm Baptist, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, so I'm Baptocostal, you see. But if the Baptists get honored and, and something good happens to them, let's rejoice with them. Can you say amen? They don't believe like I do. Well, they have the same Jesus you do. Till we all come into the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God. We're never going to agree with the Baptists on all the side issues of the Word of God, but we can agree with them on who Jesus is. And so if they get honored, they're part of the body just like we are. Amen? So we ought to rejoice with them, you see. Well, there's a a certain Methodist got their house blown down. We're not going to help them because they don't believe like we do. See, that's not body mentality. That's stupidity. Say amen. We're here to help folk, you see. I said we're here to help folk. We're here to help, and we're here most of all for sinners, aren't we? To help them and get them to Jesus. But let's, be, let's have a body mentality. And, 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 and let's, let's think this way, that if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member, is something good's happened, then we rejoice. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's the heart of God. And that there be no what? No, say no division. Say it again, no division, no division in the body. See, God does not like there to be division. You need to realize this, the Spirit of God will not move in an atmosphere of division. I said the Spirit of God will not move in an atmosphere of division. I've already seen churches where they get divided among themselves and then they wonder why they don't have the power of God in manifestation and in operation. It's because, you see, when, when, when we come together in agreement, if you look at the great... Do you know they had some great power in the book of Acts, didn't they? Wasn't there some great power of God in the book of Acts in that early church? But you see again and again, they came together and they were in what? In one... Uh, realize, say, one accord. They were in one accord. They were in one accord. They were in one accord. It's like, it seems like I need to say this. How many of you know we're probably never going to agree on all the details of the book of Revelation, are we? Huh? But can we agree on who Jesus is? See, now I believe in the pre-trib rapture. I believe that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation. Now, if, if some people believe that, well, it's mid-trib. And some believe post-trib. Well, I believe they're wrong, but that's not a, that's not a, uh, that is not a major thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you want to go through the tribulation, that's your business. I'm going to be it unto you according to your faith. I believe what the Bible says. 
Do you understand that, that we're going to go up before that? But you know, there's churches and people will fight one another. They'll fight one another to the death over that and let sinners in the community die and go to hell while they're fighting over the, the rapture or water baptism or whatever else. Isn't that sad? We need to come together and agree. What's the most important thing? On who Jesus is. And agree on that and come, come together around that, you see. Is that right? That's what we need to do. That's what that I'm telling you. And so the, the Spirit of God, He'll move in an atmosphere where there's agreement. Now, we may not agree on all the, the, the little side issues of the Word of God, but as long as we're in agreement on the main important things, we have to agree on the Trinity, who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We have to agree that Jesus is the second member of the Trinity, that He's the Son of God, that He's God the Son, that He was virgin born, that He lived a sinless life, that He died on the cross, He shed sinless blood, that He was buried on the third day he was raised from the dead we have to agree on that we have to or we can't fellowship together if we don't agree on you can't get in the body of Christ if you don't follow that do you understand but, but these side things, I mean, you got churches that are in, in, in communities. You got this church fighting with this one, this one don't agree with that one, blah, blah, blah. And then within a, within a local church, a lot of times you got division. And it should not ought to be. We need to be, say, one accord. One accord. If Brian's hurting, I'm hurting. If, 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 if Debbie is, is rejoicing, I'm rejoicing. Can you say amen? That's how it ought to be. And not, not fussing over... Things that don't amount to anything in the first place. Look at Ephesians 4.11. I get stirred up when I talk about these things. Because I can see what the Spirit of God can and will do when His body gets in unity. Did you know over in the book of Genesis, you had a bunch of heathens? You know what heathen? They didn't have God. They got together in unity and they were building the Tower of Babel. And God Himself said, nothing will be impossible to them. Is that right? So if, and then he, he scrambled their speech. Well, if, if sinners can get in unity and, and do the impossible, how much more can children of God get into agreement? Huh? Now notice Ephesians 4.11. He himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So one thing I do as a pastor and teacher is I, I edify you. But look at verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and what? Knit together. See, that's how the body is supposed to be, the body of Christ. Joined and what? Knit together. By what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its what? Every part does its what? Every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now watch this. Every part doing its share. You know, I, I've, I've, I have observed churches over the years and I've had to deal with the same thing. And even to this present hour here in this church where you've got some members of the body, they're not only doing what God has set them in the body to do, but they have to do Two or three other things. Why? Because you've got folks that aren't. She said it, I didn't. She said it, I didn't. Did you hear what? Stand up, dear sister, and say that real loud. 
She said it, I didn't. So write her the letters. But it's the truth. And you have that in any church. We have that here. It's sad, isn't it? Isn't it sad when you've got... I mean, I could use some ushers. I, need, I could use some ushers. Did you hear what I just said? I could use some ushers. I could really use some children's workers. I could really use some children's workers. We need some children's workers. I seldom get up and talk like this, but it just seems good to do it here today. I need some children's. We need some children's workers. We really do. I've got people over there in the children's department today working with the children, and, and, and some of those people, that, 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 that you know, they've got other things they need to be doing, but they're over there because I've got folks here that are in this church that are called to be children's ministers but they're not going to do it. Now, I, why? That's between them and the Lord. But I'm just saying that, you, how come, I wonder how come the church doesn't grow. I wonder how come the church doesn't grow. Well, we are growing, praise God. But did you ever notice this? Every part does its share causes what? Causes what? Come on, let's get on this. Causes what? Causes what? Causes what? Causes what? If every part would do its share. Well, if the pastor just preached a little better, there'd be a lot more people. No, if you just did your share, it causes what? Well, that came out by the Spirit of God. I didn't even have that in my notes, but I just saw that jumped right off the pages right at me, you see. If every part did its what? Did its share. So... If the Spirit of God, how many of you know God won't put you under condemnation, but if the Spirit of God is convicting you, go ahead and convict, Holy Ghost. Amen? I want Him to be convicting you. You know why? Because I want you to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. If God's called you to be an usher, I need you to step up and be an usher. If God's called you to be a door greeter, I need you to step up and be a door greeter. If God's called you into the sound booth, step up and be a sound booth guy or gal. If God's called you to projection, step up and do it. If God's called you to be an usher, step up and do it. If He's called you up here on the Word, step up and do it. If He's called you to the children's church, step up and do it. If He's called you to the nursery, step up and do it. If He's called you to the youth, Brian and Debbie could use a little help in the youth, step up and do it. If He's called you to pray, we've got a Lifelines prayer ministry step up and do it i'm not here to put you under condemnation i'm just preaching and if the holy ghost convicts let him convict and then step up and do what you're supposed to do each part doing its share and it causes what can you say amen glory to god amen glory to god first corinthians 11 let's go there i just want to go on a few more moments you getting anything out of this today See, it's one thing when a man stands up to put you under condemnation. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just standing up preaching under the anointing. If the Holy Ghost convicts you, then let him convict. You see what I'm saying? Because I want you to be all you can be for Jesus. I want you to be all you can be for him. Amen? Notice here, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. Therefore, whoever... How many of you want to live your full life out here on the earth? If the Lord tarries is coming, I want to live my days out. How many of you want to be weak and sickly? I don't want to be weak and sickly, do you? Now watch this, how the body of Christ fits into what I just said. Look at this, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the what? Of the body and blood of the Lord. Talking about receiving communion. Well, we did that last week. We're not going to do it here today. But notice this. They were receiving, the church in Corinth, they were receiving the, the, the bread and the, and, the, and the wine or the juice that represented the body and the blood of the Lord. They were receiving it in an unworthy manner. Now look at this. Let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in a what? In an unworthy manner 
eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning what? The Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. I'll say it this way. Not really realizing what the Lord's body or who the Lord's body is. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or die young is what that means. Now, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to die young. Do you? And then he says, if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Now, why were these people sick and, and dying young? Why? 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 They were, they, they, they were not discerning the Lord's body. They didn't really realize. They didn't have a revelation of the Lord's body. Well, they were partaking of the communion elements in an unworthy manner. I understand all that. But really to get the fullness of this, look up at verse 21. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-one. When they'd come together, look at what would happen. When they'd come together, for in eating, each one takes his own supper. What are those next three words? What are they? Say it again. Ahead of others. And one is hungry and another is drunk. Oh, my gosh. Now, I could talk about that, but let's talk about the ahead of others. Now, Brian, he's my, my, my youth pastor. Come here. I just love him dearly, doing a great job. Come here. And now you stand right here. Pretend that that right there, it, now stand right here and face that way. Now, you pretend that that right there is the, uh, it, 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 well, let's do this where they can see it. Here. Well, you're, well, I need to loosen you up, man. You're just nervous as can be. Are you okay? Yes, you doing all right? Now, here, let's just say, that this, honey, you got all kinds of stuff back here. What is that, lipstick? I don't, my goodness, all right. Now, let's just say that that's the communion where the bread is, okay? And now you're headed up to get it. And now just, now don't, now don't go all the way. Just kind of go like you're going and then just kind of stop about halfway. All right, now right there. Now, what would happen? What would you think of me, your pastor, if I came, hey, stop that, stop that, get, get back. It's mine. What would you think? You'd say, Pastor Terry is not walking in love. Is that right? Pastor Terry is not walking in love. And you know there'd be a lot of emails go out on that. How many of you know there would? There'd be email hot and heavy going on. The traffic would increase. Is that right? Now, come back here. Now, let's just say that this was Jesus himself headed up there to get that. And now I come along. Now... And I go up there and I, ah, that's Jesus. <laughs> that's Jesus himself. Now I'm going to act differently, right? I shouldn't. He's as much of the body of Christ as Jesus is himself. Did you hear what I just said? I'm not saying he is Jesus. I'm just saying he's a member of the body of Christ. You see, people... They don't discern the Lord's body. They don't understand. See that you can sit down now. Here's what people don't understand. They don't understand that how many of you would talk bad about Jesus? Not a single one of you. But you see, how many of you would talk bad about another fellow member of the body of Christ? See, I wouldn't talk bad about Jesus, but I'm here today to tell you when I talk bad about him, guess who I just talk bad about? Jesus himself. Huh? Now, I'm not saying he is Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but he's a member of the body of Christ. You get what I'm talking Are you getting what I'm talking about? Are you getting what I'm talking about? See, when I slapped him, you okay? 
I did that one time. I slapped, it, slapped somebody like that, and their jaw was hurting them, and they got healed right on the spot. Glory to God. I can't heal anybody, but the power of God's here. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. But that's enough for a sermon for another day. I wouldn't slap Jesus like that, but you know when I slapped him, Did you hear me? Well, I'd never talk bad about Jesus. When you talk bad about a fellow brother or sister or minister, you've talked bad about Jesus. Oh, if Jesus came walking down the hall, I'd just be so nice and sweet and kind. But, but when so-and-so comes walking down the hall, I've already seen Christians snub other Christians. Huh? Have you? How many has ever seen that? All right, how many has ever done that? No, you don't have to. When you snub that Christian, you snub Jesus. Oh, pastor, that's just going too far. Jesus said to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus when Saul had been persecuting the living daylights out of the church, Jesus appeared to him and he didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting uh, the church? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus took it personal. He said, whosoever does it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. He takes it personal. I said he takes it personal. Did you get what I just said? When you're rude to people, Christians, Jesus takes it personal. Now, we shouldn't be rude to sinners either. But when you're rude to Christians, Jesus takes it personal. Why were these people sick and weakly and dying young? It's because they were not walking in love towards fellow members in in the body of Christ. They didn't see their fellow brothers and sisters as as members of the body of Christ. They didn't discern the Lord's body. They didn't realize that when they were acting rudely and and, and butting in line and going on, they didn't realize that they were being disrespectful to the Lord himself. Did you get what I just said? That's why I want this church to have a body mentality, body of Christ mentality, that we treat everybody that comes here, that, that is born again. We treat sinners great, but fellow Christians, we really treat them good too. Amen? How many is with me on this? All right, praise God. I could go on and on, but let's close in Ephesians 1. We'll close right here. I hope you got something out of this, but let's close right here. Ephesians 1.19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? which he worked, God the Father worked in Christ, that's Jesus, when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above, say far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put some things, how many things? All things under his feet and gave him See, we read this a while ago. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Well, notice this. We're members of the body of Christ. And the Bible says that when God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, he set him far above, say far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, and put all things under his feet. Somebody said one time, well, pastor, I'm just the little toe. I don't mount that much. I'm just the little toe on the body of Christ. Well, I'm going to tell you what. 
if you were the little toe, what did I say about my little toe a while ago? When my little toe was hurt, did my whole body know? And my whole body had full attention on that little toe. Is that right? And when the little toe's hurting, guess what? The rest of the body's hurt. Is that right? But not only that, even if you were the little toe on the body of Christ, you need to realize that you do your share. You bring balance to the body. Can, can you say amen? You'll cause growth in the body if you'll do your share. And even if you were the little toe on the body of Christ, guess what? You are seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. So even if you are the little toe on the body of Christ. You're seated far above the devil. You're seated far above the angels of God. You're seated far above the devil. You're seated far above demons. You're seated far above sickness. You're seated far above disease. You're seated far above cancer. You're seated far above leukemia. You're seated far above every disease. You're seated far above every name that's named. You're seated far above poverty and lack. You're seated above all that which is of the devil. You're seated with God, with Christ in heavenly places and you're victorious in him can you say amen glory to God well stand on your feet and raise your hands and give glory to God for he is worthy to be praised oh let's be a church that